Section 12 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2, by Father Louis de Segur. Compensations there is a charming little French song in which an old trooper relates to the children of his native village the story of his life, of his campaigns, of his sorrows and his joys, and the touching recital concludes by these simple and consoling words. Dans sa bonté profonde, Dieu, qui créa grand et petit, fit du bonheur pour tout le monde, en vérité, je vous le dis, which might be rendered, each human lot is preordained by God, thus men are born to high or lowly station, but happiness he hath in love bestowed on every creature in his great creation. Nothing could be more true than this. There is happiness everywhere, even as there is sorrow everywhere. The great goodness of God has indisputable claims which are as absolute as the claims of his justice, but his divine providence has with marvelous wisdom provided certain compensations. We are all the children of God. He sends us all happiness and joy. We are all sinners. He sends us all suffering, grief, and expiations. The poor believe that the rich enjoy every comfort and possess unmingled happiness. They are greatly deceived. Those who are born to high estate shed quite as many tears as their poorer brethren, and very often more. I remember calling one day on a lady who was extremely rich. She had a handsome house, a number of servants, and an income of more than four hundred thousand pounds a year. Do you know what were her first words? You see before you, she said, the most miserable woman in the world, and she began telling me how, for many years, she had passed her days and nights in weeping, and in a constant struggle against a terrible temptation to despair. She had lost a husband whom she tenderly loved. Her children were engaged in a lawsuit against each other, and her youngest son was dishonoring his name by a life of sinful excess. And yet this unhappy woman had four hundred thousand pounds a year. It would be easy to mention hundreds of similar cases. The sufferings of the rich do not resemble those of the poor. They are less material, less palpable, but they are as bitter, as deep, and as acute. The rich do not suffer from bodily privation, nor from the anguish of hunger and cold, which are indeed terrible sufferings, but they have heart troubles, bodily sickness, and mental grief. Then the education which the rich receive, and the life of luxury and refinement that they lead, tend greatly to increase their sensibility to suffering, and sometimes even to such a degree that a single grief will suffice to destroy the happiness of their lives. With the poor it is not so. God mercifully softens for them the troubles which overwhelm the rich. Experience proves it. The principal cross which the workman has to bear is that of bodily want and the severity of daily labor. Accustomed from childhood to a life of poverty, 
he preserves a certain simplicity which enables him to find pleasure in simple amusements. But for the rich man, all pleasure has grown monotonous, and amusements have long lost their charm and novelty. For the poor man, the least possession is a treasure, the simplest dish a banquet, the simplest enjoyment a real pleasure. This is the divine plan of compensations, and it is so perfectly carried out that after much reflection it is difficult to say whether riches give happiness or if the state of life which is most to be desired is not after all that humbly lowly lot which the Son of God our Savior chose for himself, for his Holy Mother, and for his apostles when, at the time of his incarnation, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. End of section 12. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C. Toulouse, France.